Yes, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another, a brand new Rugby Muscle Podcast. Yes, we are back with the podcast for 2022. This podcast itself and the next couple podcasts, bear with me with the audio. I've been having some real, been really frustrated, having some real annoying issues going on with this audio, but I've made a pledge to get this podcast. And now we're, you know, we're at the end of February recording these podcasts and I, I want to be getting one out every single week for 2022, starting from now. So if you bear with me in the next couple of weeks, the audio will 100% get significantly better. What won't get better, actually, what will stay a 10 out of 10, will be the quality of the content, the guests, the the insights that you're going to get. Like I'm really putting that this podcast has been going, for, going strong for a long time now and you guys listening, I'm really proud of the loyal fan base that we've kind of established here. Listen to the Rugby Muscle Podcast. So if you're part of that fan base and you haven't given us five stars, well, now you've even gotten a, a much better opportunity because Spotify is actually now allowing five-star reviews. So please go to Spotify and give us a five-star review. It really does help out if you listen, obviously, on Apple Podcast. Give us a five-star review there. On Spotify, you don't even have to type any... Well, you don't have to on Apple Podcast as well, but... On Spotify, you don't even have to, you can't type any words as a review. You just go there, give us five stars, and that will help out massively. For this episode, we are joined back. We're going back to the old tried and tested. We've got my man Alex Miller from Kabuki Strength on, formerly of CrossFit London. So we had a real big chat because something that we both get questions as coaches is on CrossFit. Like we get I get asked all the time about CrossFit and rugby, the carryover, how it can work, how it can help, what can be improved with both aspects of rugby and CrossFit in terms of like training and how that can be done better. So we discuss all of that and more in this hour-ish long of CrossFit and rugby dissected. Hope you enjoy it. I'm joined by Alex. Alex is in Canada. I'd have to turn my uh, camera a hell of a long way to, to get there. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good. I actually have got one of my athletes lives in Canada, and he's doing yeah. some he's doing some low and slow lifts, and he's like, oh, what do I do about runny noses when it's this cold? Running so like, no, yeah. definitely not. Don't do it. That's your. That's not a solution. And in fact, yeah, it, he's lifting, right? Yes, but he's also going to need to develop the aerobic system. You know this. You he's going to he's going to the gym. Yeah, of course. What's in the gym of cardio machines? That's what I'm saying. Go inside, but that's not. Don't do it. That's different. Oh, so don't do it outside, I guess. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, and speaking of doing conditioning inside, today, because we're joined by you in a different country, the last time I was joined by you on the podcast, you were in a CrossFit gym and you were part of a CrossFit facility. Now mm-hmm. that you've left that, I want I want you to dig the dirt up. Like, tell Alex Miller <laughs> says what he really thinks on CrossFit. Today, on the Rugby Muscle Podcast, what do you think? Should we, should we discuss? Yeah, we talk about CrossFit. Cool. So... It's definitely the modality that I get asked about the most is whether it's Metcons, whether it's just CrossFit in general. Rugby players seem to align themselves with CrossFit a lot. And I know last year we did a a really good podcast dissecting what powerlifters can learn from rugby players and, and rugby players can learn from powerlifters. I think we want to do something similar to that, but today, but with CrossFit. I think in order to understand like or frame this conversation from that point of view, we have to straight away like say that crossfit is its own sport right we're looking at crossfit as a sport kind of a training modality but more 
than anything it's a sport in itself how can this what can we learn from this sport and what can this sport do better if you're going to train this way right as a, as a rugby player but realize that they're two very 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 rugby and crossfit are two different sports two different things right yeah i mean it's like saying hey i'm gonna go and i play water polo instead of like rugby to train and that doesn't so mean it's, it's, go on i'll say it's, it's it's definitely there's a place for non-rugby based conditioning Europe program, I think, like in the off season, potentially one is on which isn't, but it's not going to replace your rugby training. I think as a, a GPE kind of style deal, like something different, mm-hmm. maybe it's a place for it there. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's not going to replace it. Yeah, it's a different sport. It's not. It's not even a complementary thing. Like no. it, 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 in general, right? With, with, there can be complementary things that it can help you build towards as a rugby player, but in general. What you've got to understand right. is, is, is that they're different sports. And whilst one can help the other, it's like, yeah, more polo, maybe. I, I, I'd look at more like, yeah, rugby players do judo to help them or wrestling to help them with techniques within the game. With CrossFit, rather than techniques of, of specific parts of the game, we're probably looking at different physical qualities that we would develop yeah. through uh, the lens of CrossFit, right? Yeah, I mean, I just picked up what polo's around. I know. Oh. Yeah, I I think even then, CrossFit is quality developer. Like, I, I'm not even sure it's like then. Yes. Okay. So before we get into that, is it is it? Are you still in touch with the CrossFit world? What is where is a CrossFit game soon, or is there an open coming up? Yeah. See, so the open is. I think we're in uh, it. Sunday. Yeah, it's around now. Okay. It's, it's usually near the end of February. And what do what? I know it's uh, constantly varied. Blah 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 blah. Right, but what is the actual open? Because that's when we're looking at the CrossFit Open. That's as CrossFit as a sport as it gets, right? Yeah. So I, I would say the CrossFit Open is a low barrier entry first round competition. So what they do, they use, they use the CrossFit Open as a competition to induce like a community building, mm-hmm. but also to filter out high level athletes. Um, you go into that actual. And what will the so and the open is isn't it like how many seconds a few weeks? So the CrossFit Open is what consecutive weeks of oh it's specific a workout yeah yeah but it's yeah, a, so a specific workout right four weeks a specific workout yeah, so it's you can do it whenever you want but ideally it's like it's like preparing for a game right you do you do your week to prepare for that workout if you yeah. do. Or, or if you're a casual, just like you're a casual rugby player, you just rock up on the day, you give it your best effort, and you see you see how you get on, right? Well, no, try not to get hurt, I think. So, yeah, that works for both ways but, as well. And right. so the injury level spikes. And so, what, what do those sessions look like? They're in intent. They're usually in intense twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah. So the time domains CrossFit are kind of weird. They're quite varied. They go from like three minutes up to. Do they have like a marathon row? Yes, that was about as extreme as it got, though, right? I I, I do yeah. distinctly remember doing a marathon, or not doing I didn't do a marathon row, okay? Let's be clear. Yeah. Don't want to mislead anyone. I do distinctly remember them doing the, the marathon row and watching that, but that was a good few years ago. But And that's more of the exception. Yeah, so we're normally like three minutes to say 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And so that's the sport that if you're a CrossFit athlete, that's what you're going to be preparing for, right? Yeah. And so with that, like we can almost analyze and see there, like that's quite similar. And maybe if, if it's 
if you do like a regional competition or whatever, because there's a lot more of these as well, right? It's not just the games. It's not just CrossFit regionals. There's like, I'm going to make the Thames Titan throwdown, you know, like there's lots of different mini competitions and whatever. If people, if people want to do that, more power to them. It looks, I was going to say it looks like fun. Does it look like fun? It sounds like hard work. I mean, the people doing it, they don't look like they're having fun. They look like they had fun afterwards. And maybe that's the same as rugby, right? But that's the point I was going to go to is it's it's intense and then there's a break and then it's intense and then there's a break, like even with that. That's very similar to, to what we are dealing with fitness demands-wise to a game of rugby, right? Yeah, so I I think the training probably looks more like that in terms of time to arms. The events tend to be static and like say for a three minute event like it's a three minute flat out that you don't get a you know, right. break on that one and then for a, one of the longer events there'll be a pacing deal so it'll be more like um like a job 20 minutes i'm not saying that's the event but that's the way you look at right. whereas the time bonds of rugby it's fast intermittent uh sprint point yeah but then even i'd say yeah. with the longer crossfit events you'll have like you know five cleans into a run to five or no, they wouldn't do five. Oh, yeah. They would do yeah, 20 yeah. pull-ups and the pull-ups would be akin to running fast. Yeah. Cause they have, you know, pull-ups isn't a, a high demand in activity just for, for CrossFitters, especially the way they got that technique. Down. Yeah. That, kip, that kipping pull-up, that's a butterfly. Yeah. You're a tight one. Yeah. That's a skill. Sure. Yeah. But once they've got that skill down, pull-ups end up being actually more of an aerobic activity compared to, you know, most people that can do pull-ups, like, that are doing it for pull-up's sake are more like, yeah, you know, that's more like doing 10 reps or something, and that's actually very tough. Yeah, You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's what I can see. I can see there's a, a similar time. Yeah. Yeah, similar time to what's kind of similar sort of energy system demand, but as you say, like, Rugby is a lot more intermittent sprints. And I say, uh, yeah, you're almost certainly right in that there's a lot more down period. Maybe if we compare CrossFit to like rugby training, it's a lot similar as well, though, because you, you can mimic later on in the game intensity in training. And I think that that's something that sort of shows the intensity of rugby when it's at its most intense. And you don't always get exposed to that. More often than not, it's not, right? More often than not, you'll hear standard still and walking for the most part but when there are intense moments in rugby or intense times in rugby you've got to be prepared for those so you've got training those even so yeah we expect those to happen so it fixed on my you're to touch on what you said there as far as crossfit as a modality to build crossfit performance it's not constant testing so we could look at crossfit a lot of high intensity stuff like like tj alluded to if you raise your aerobic capacity and you raise your reserve, which is kind of what you need in CrossFit as well. So I personally would see the sport of CrossFit as a less than optimal way of developing the sport of CrossFit. But I would yeah. look at something like a lower level training for CrossFit. So doing something at a lower intensity and building a capacity alongside a decent strength program as a better way of building up CrossFit kind of fitness in the, in the same way as like, like you might be doing your tempo work plus sprints plus strength for rugby. Um, you'd probably break down the course of it kind of like that. So you'd yeah. have like a gymnastics element, you'd have a, a weight element, you'd have a, a low rope element. Then you'd 
bridge into competitive style. So when I write out, so I've got a regional CrossFit athlete on my cards. And for him, we, we break down his programming into preparation phase. Then we have a bridging phase where we start introducing the competitive stuff. So like, like kind of harder, yeah, harder end stuff. And then into a competition phase. Mm-hmm. And we would presumably be very similar for rugby and maybe a bit more current for rugby, I'd imagine. Because, well, it depends on how long your rugby season is, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I got, I got a pro basketball player at the moment and he gets like four weeks off season a year. It's yeah. That's, yeah. That's... <laughs> it, but, uh, you have no choice but to do concurrent stuff if that's your case. But in general, yeah. um, this is a side tangent, but if you had, I don't know, let's say if you had two years of no necessary end goal, right? Like, the end goal was to was for the CrossFit Games in two years, and then I'll ask it for rugby. If you had the, the end goal was to to perform your best in either the CrossFit Games or or some competition in two years' time, how much of that two years would you spend in the prep phase versus the bridge phase versus the? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So I'd cycle it. So I'd have I'd probably hit competition phases every year, or each year, but it would be less psychologically demanding. So there would be no repercussions for not getting it right. Mm-hmm. Right. But I would still touch on it. And like even though I'm saying hey, I have these like limited stages where we build up on whatever limited factor is, there would still be occurrences of high intensity work. We can't like sacrifice all the higher intensity capacity just to build lower intensity capacity. I do I do want to touch on that there actually. Preparatory phase often gets a bad rap because just people think it's just boring, like easy stuff. You you can be in a prep phase and do real heavy work at you know even heavy fairly specific work when it when the time calls for it. You don't have to be limited by that. Sorry, carry on. No, I, no, I, I totally agree with that. Like even in powerlifting, like if I have someone in a preparatory phase, like they still score great deadlifts. Yeah, like, they're still heavier goes that you have to stay in touch with your sport skill. And like yeah. this is the difference between how we do a two year plan for rugby and how two year plan for something like CrossFit. It's like into your plant rugby, you probably still play rugby. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just not play. Well, yeah, you would try to, I mean, and again, actually that's a, that's a sneaky little way of doing things, but what I've tended to do and what I've seen with some of my athletes that I'm dealing with at the minute, like these last two years with like COVID sort of ravaging the fixtures list and stuff, yeah. like some of the times we're, we're using games as like, you know, just go out and have like. You, you can enjoy this game because there's no pressure of performance win or like try some new things and we can go into that game fatigue and be okay with that because it's not the be all and end all we're almost using the training as an extra stimulus for the program so we're not so yes we're actually playing a full game of rugby but this is we're still in our prep phase and i think that that's a, a way people can solve that sort of problem of of not having enough time in the off season for rugby it's like really trying to target specific games or target specific times of the season when you really want to be prepared and then be okay with not being perfect all the time, especially, you know, with how things are at the minute, particularly I'm seeing in the UK, a lot of decline in, in rugby anyway, as far right. as, as far as regular weekly fixtures go, not necessarily as far as, yeah, this is something I want to explore is the, is the barrier to entry that is, is it, is the barrier to entry of rugby getting higher and therefore 
driving participation down or is it just in general people have got more options to, as to what to do with their lives on a Saturday? Yeah. But that's, geez, that, we could go on, we could just be, this could just be the Tangents podcast if we wanted it to be me. But I want to, I want to get your answer then. Okay, so you've said once a year would be your... No, it wouldn't necessarily be once a year, but it'd be at least once a year. It'd be at least once a year. If we had to give it percentages time, percentage of time to... 20% of the time would be the the specific phase. Yeah, I think so. It's it's almost impossible to... I'm just trying to get some, like, real... There's some numbers on it. Yeah, just so that people can sort of understand and wrap their head around it. Yeah, if you're looking at CrossFit region, that's... That's fucking impressive, right? They're doing they're they're, they're at the top of like you lift look at their lifting numbers, you look at their all of their numbers across the board are great, right? Their their fran time, their whatever time is gonna be, like you'd look at that and you'd be like, This person is the fucking nuts. They are spending the majority of their time still working on developing their general qualities. Yeah. Absolutely. And like people don't think that when they think CrossFit, they think when they're thinking CrossFit, they think, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do a wad, I'm going to do the Fran. Like to get the best Fran time, you wouldn't just keep doing Fran. You no. would get stronger. You would then, well, actually, well, for Fran, you wouldn't. I mean, you, if it was just Fran, you you wouldn't need any aerobicness, but you you that would come along just because it would be part of your training. And you, this is a stupid straw man scenario but you still get the point, right? Even if it was just to be better at the that particular wad, you would still not just do that particular wad, you would do other things. And so within CrossFit, we look at Metcons and we think, okay, that's that's it. We're going to do CrossFit and that's going to help us become a better rugby player, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't just expect to... You can't support your limiters just by hitting your limits all the time. Yeah. And so speaking of which, we're going to we'll go back to that two-year scenario. And you got answer for a rugby player. Yeah, I for rugby I would have a more concurrent style. So no, you're not allowed to. I'm not allowed to. No. <laughs> you have I to do it. Fucked. You're not allowed to. Right. No, you're not well, fucked. So we you could have it so you did that. It's so difficult though, right? Because you, you would still have those three phases, but you would do them concurrently. You would still You'd spend and you'd spend most of that time as I fucking a yap on about, right? Is developing the that that high seeding. You get your speed work in. You get your strength work yeah. in. You you get as high as you can, like with with all of your outputs that you need for rugby. You become a, like a, a beast with your high intensity actions, and then you you really widen your base so you get the best aerobic system. You get the best. Even we're talking about hypertrophy. You grow big muscles for support more intense actions to support more strength growth. That's a terrible way of phrasing it, but to support more strength gain because of your extra muscle, which will support more power, which will, you know, trickle down to everything else. You you develop overall movement patterns that are, are better and that yeah, really widens your base out. Now you've got a really wide base. You've got a really high ceiling. You've got so much room then to work in the middle. Now, the thing is with rugby is you do that work in the middle on a Tuesday and a Thursday night, if you're a you know just a, a local player, you do that work on a Saturday. If you're playing, if you're in season, you do that work on, or if you're just doing your touch rugby, or if you're doing whatever, like that's when you do that work. You don't really need to do that work to develop that middle room. You've, you're developing this wide base. You're developing this tool seeding. Mm-hmm. That middle is going to come 
by default, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, that, what you've just described was concurrent training. Yeah, I know. And it works for, and then, you know, it's almost like we're building out, yeah, we've, we've got the wide base, a real solid foundation, and we've got a big high ceiling. We build the building first before we go inside and we start doing all the decorations. But if you're a CrossFit athlete, those decorations have to start. You actually do have to spend time working on those because they are important. And I mean, if you're doing double unders, that's a difficult skill. If you're doing butterfly pull-ups, like that's standard, right? That's not even just, if you don't do butterfly pull-ups really well, you're not doing anything that the CrossFit regional. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not even close, right? With rugby, it becomes more of a skill. Th- I mean, the skills are there, but they're almost seen as a completely different entity. You're, you're seen as working on your passing. You're seen as working on your tackling, etc. With CrossFit, because those skills are sort of gym based, we get it fundamentally. The, but the, but the but the water the the waters get muddied a little bit, right? Because it gets a little bit confusing. Yeah, I mean, you could do like weightlifting where you have like skill sessions. I know you have max sessions, but they should be the same, right? And then even then, it's difficult because the skill of snatching with forty yeah, percent anyway. is completely different to the skill needed to to snatch with one hundred percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. You see, powerlifting as well, but yeah, I mean, that's the skill of programming, right? To yeah, figure out where it's worth. Yeah, I definitely think that that's if we can think of things that CrossFit can do better for CrossFit's sake. It's the same approach that we would say to rugby players, right? It's it's develop those qualities first. Don't just, I mean, just do as minimal amount of metcons as you need to. In fact, that's a general nice rule of thumb because, yeah. I, like, and I've, I've I've got the caveat as as you need to. It like puts that caveat in there of like if you're one week out. Well, now one week out is too close. But if you're uh, six weeks out from the CrossFit Games, you might need to do some fucking Metcons. That's fine. Like, that's the place. If you're on a Thursday and you've got no plan as to what to do, but you're playing a game on Saturday, you don't you don't need to do it. Is there anything else that you think as a sport CrossFit can do better? That I people think should actually just differentiate between why I can do CrossFit as well. Like, some people just go in and they just want to kill themselves. Maybe that's like this said, that's their jam. Uh, and for those people, like, if they don't get that high intensity stimulus, they're like, nah, I'm just going to go to the gym. But, yeah. So we, so we kind of got to kind of separate those people out. So I'm now going to like educate people better. That's, that's what I was going to say. Because that, that, those people that want to do that, like, yes, I, I understand it. But even then, like killing that, there are so many different ways that you can do that. And if you're talking about like zoning out and just just taking care of business, right? Like there are so many different ways that you can do that that aren't CrossFit that are probably or sorry, aren't CrossFit that aren't Metcons. A lot of time, like when we talk, when we say the word CrossFit, CrossFit and Metcon sort of get interchangeable, right? Um, Metcons aren't necessarily the one. Like if you you can zone out and do 40 minutes of real quality zone two work, you know? And if you really want it to struggle, like, you know, do it in, I don't know, do it inside and, and with your eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, I think in, in general, like set some goals 
and try and achieve those goals. And you don't have to do the thinking as to what you need to do. You just have to do the execution, AKA get a coach, right? Like that's genuinely like, I know this is what we do. So we're like, obviously we're going to say this, but we believe in it so much. It's so true that like, if you're, if you're a lot of those people that want to just go to a gym and zone out and kill themselves, it's because they don't know any better. And it's because they don't want to think about it. But yeah. if you think about it enough to think about why you want to do it, like what, okay, I want to go kill myself. Why? Cause I know that exercise is important. Why? And you eventually get to a point where you, you can have a goal that is that the answer is not do a Metcon five days a week. I so dull as well. What do you mean? Well, if I had to go into a gym and just like beast myself for an hour, like every single day, well, I just wouldn't want to be there. I'd be so bored. Yeah. I think you get that. You get, that's why you get quite a high dropout rate with these things, but that's what, what, where CrossFit sort of the, the, the dodgy thing with CrossFit is like you get up, you do get a high dropout rate, but those that stay go through such a process that that's what get, gets CrossFit the, the cult reputation, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a confirmation bias there, right? Both mm-hmm. bias as well. Yeah, but yeah, both of those things is definitely true. Like, whereas if you, but you're starting to see it more and more and more, not just because Greg Klassman showed himself out to be a bit of a piece of shit. It's also because you know other gyms are following that model and they don't want to pay Klassman or CrossFit's lawyers thousands of dollars a year. They want to just do get all the benefits from it, and they can. Do that, and that's why group training is being still growing in popularity, you know, year on year on year because it ticks that. But you can program this in a much smarter way. The difficulty there is, as we said, you could get one person in a gym for a certain reason. You could get nine other people in that exact same small group, and they go for ten different reasons. So therefore, their solutions to those ten different problems are. 10 different solutions, but you can still mimic them. I mean, I think. Yeah. if you do it well, you can still mimic, I mean, it's, you can still get a group environment and do 10 different programs. And I think that's something that you built out in, in your CrossFit gym when you were there, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of the time because that's socialized as well. So there's no time to actually talk, like you're not even getting those uh, pleasure points. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing, right? I think it is weird. I, I was talking about this before and we're at the gym, like you go, you show up and these are your friends, but you don't have the time to talk to them because you have, you're not giving yourself the rest. That's yeah. what makes like another huge benefit to like proper strength training where you do get those rest, that rest between reps. You get a little chat, you know, you take care of business, you have fun. Sorry, you, you take care of business. You do, you, you do your heavy set, you get it done. You work your ass off for that, you know, five to 20 seconds you stop and then you have you, you just have fun with your mates yeah take 15 minute break it's the same <laughs> you don't have to take a 15 minute break mate. but it's the same thing that i think should happen in most rugby centers you have a bit of a laugh you go get a drink of water or you have a bit of a laugh when you're lined up to do the the four corners of justice drill or whatever your drill you're doing and then when it comes time to to take an action you do your action. You do it intensely. You get out. I think mean, it comes pretty naturally, rugby, though, right? Yeah, 
It definitely does. Um, I mean, that happens anyway. Okay, so what you said, I think your answer was just edu- better education, but it's difficult to educate people if the actual... <laughs> Did you hear double me then? It's difficult to educate people when you're at the actual system that you're educating them in is is fundamentally flawed. I'll just be better coach. But yeah, yeah. But so you would you would go against you'd you'd be like the pastor at the front of the church telling people that Jesus wasn't really the Son of God. I mean, yeah. If it's not true, you can't preach it, right? Yeah, but then you're not a pastor. But you're freaking out saying pastor. I, was, I really thought you were going to say yeah, or I'll be a pizza. But yes, hundred percent. I know what you're saying. I, I get your point, right? So, in general. CrossFit should take the good things that it's doing, but slightly less, slightly bias the training less. But then what happens is people enjoy those workouts, right? They feel like they finish those workouts. They feel like they've accomplished something. Yeah, like you say, they get that survivorship bias, the confirmation bias. They feel like they've done that. Is there a way that they can sprinkle those in then? Uh, if we're looking at this yeah, current model? Yeah. I mean, just because we're saying we're in a property phase doesn't mean there's no high intensity work. Well, you said like in in rugby training, you know, it's just these people. You still have to do a high intensity work. It's just maybe that isn't the primary focus, or maybe the volume slightly lower. But you don't need a ton of exposure to high intensity work to maintain quality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, yeah I don't. But don't be don't be so confined. So it's a rigid idea that perhaps your work has to be slow. Yeah. Like you're preparing for a task, which means you, at some point you've got to cover all the base. Yeah, and in general, like. If we're looking at those numbers of yours, was it thirty percent is yeah twenty five percent something like that, and, and and then ten to twenty is is the bridge. The rest of that is uh, that's how you could also look at any given microcycle or any given mesocycle is like that's how you'd want to probably divide up your time in general if you're doing concurrent. Like you could do one yeah. high, one or two high intensity sessions and along with four or so when we say lower intensity it doesn't necessarily mean that you're you know you're just on the elliptical fucking scratching your ass reading a book or it doesn't mean you're on the leg extension machine just knocking out reps after reps after reps whilst texting someone like that's not all we mean like you can do real quality work and build real quality improvement and adaptation without the fatigue and that's why we're doing it right is that you can build that base out so much so much wider to allow you then, when it comes to doing that high-intensity work, whether that's a WOD, whether that's a real intense Metcon, whether that's a rugby game, like when that game is there uh, or when that challenge is there, you're much more prepared for it. And if it's a training stimulus, you're going to get more training stimulus out of it as a result of that. I think that's fair. I with that. Any other problems that you see with people generally wanting to do CrossFit as a modality to become a better rugby player now will look at things? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's that overuse stuff going on there. Like rugby, typically shoulder unfriendly sometimes. CrossFit's particularly shoulder unfriendly sometimes. This total loading there is a bit quite high. I don't, I don't think there's a really good way of doing both at the same time because, like, CrossFit, like, you're going to be pressing a ton. There's a ton of pressing in CrossFit. And most people don't have the control of the shoulder joint. Even, even like the butterfly pull-up has an element of pressing in there, right? So, yeah. and maybe it's because you can't measure like the angle, but you never see rows, obviously the concept too. 
but you never see like barbell or dumbbell rows, particularly in the competitions, right? So I'm just going off by low. Yeah. So, but you get so much pressing. So that's obviously yeah, going to, yeah, that's definitely going to build an imbalance issue. I think that lower body fairly equal amount, except potentially there's not enough single, single leg stuff. I think I disagree with that. I think there's a lot of single leg stuff. But I think it's all very quad dominant. There's there's not a ton of hinging. Yeah, because even like the, especially if you do, you know, if you're doing uh, bounce off the floor deadlifts, you can catch it and sort of quad it up as well, as opposed to, yeah, yeah definitely, you're right. And you don't, there's uh, no RDL because again, you're not, there's, there's no requirement, there's, there's no way to measure if you're doing an RDL versus a deadlift. So you can't let get scrapped. Yeah, and even like, there's not often deadlifts, but there's clean. But clean is just it's pretty quad dominant anyway. With every single clean you do, with every Olympic that you do, comes a spot as well. So we we see people generally do have like great quad development, but usually hamstring development, which leads to its own issues, especially if you put demand and then sprinting afterwards. If you're under trained hamstrings and sprinting is an issue. Definitely. So yes, is that I think there's not a lot of like frontal plane movement, it's very sagittal, and there's not a ton of rotation movement either. No, I was going to say transverse. Um, there's none of this. There's, yeah, everything is sagittal. And that's that's a lot of general, I think that would, if, if we're looking at rugby players, that's a general weight room mistake that I see a lot. And it's it's easily fixed. It's yeah. not, we're not saying for every, you know, sorry, when we're talking plane all movements, we're talking about like, for the most part, when you're in the gym, right, you're, you're resisting gravity, you're moving things up, I mean, or pulling them down, but you're still resisting gravity by pulling something down to put a weight up. In like that's that's I'd say ninety nine point nine percent of weight room activity, right? Even when you're running, you're you're up and down. You're you're going up against gravity. When we but we can also move laterally. We can move side to side. You do so in a game of rugby. You also rotate more often than not in a game of rugby. You're doing all three. Now, obviously. As we've already alluded to, when you're in the weight room or when you're in the gym or when you're doing physical work to get better at rugby, you're trying to build muscle or you're trying to build strength. Kind of awkward to do that in the lat uh, doing lateral work, doing rotation work to do that. However, like when we're looking at power and we're looking at stability, stuff like that, we want to make sure that we, we're getting some. Do 90% of our work just up and down, lifting weights, just clanging and banging and, and getting some quality work done. But we don't want to make. We want to make sure that our gains completely transfer, and we want to make sure that with less injury, we have less re injury risk when we go onto the pitch, and we're just that much more prepared. So a little bit of rotational work, a little bit of uh, lateral work, can go such a long way. And for you as a human, not just a rugby player, so that when we're looking at CrossFit and we're criticizing how CrossFit makes you the fittest athlete in in the world, then we're looking at like maybe they should introduce more of that, right? Yeah, and I think they they are trending towards some more demands. That way, you see a bit more odd object work. Especially oh, and they do the they do the the burpees over the bar is about as as, as it does that hits all three planes. I mean, yes, they had a good one a few years ago where they had to they started at the top of a tennis stadium and had to carry sandbags down to the court, take a quads, climb over the wall, transfer. Was that the one where the one girl had to quit because she was she was dying? She like literally nearly died. It was so because it was also really hot. Oh uh, yeah, it was pretty sunny that day. I think they have that um, trail run as well. And Actually, yeah. yeah. If we're looking at things that we want to say CrossFit should be doing better, this is something that I think attracts rugby players in the first place, which is not a good thing. And and probably I don't know. Celebrate again. It goes into that confirmation bias. It's this idea that uh, of like 
pushing yourself to the limit all the time and celebrating the hashtag grind, this sort of culture that they, they breed of, or well, Pukey the Clown is a perfect example, right? You're, you, you, you put yourself. That, like, that was, I mean, that's, I've been able to go into that now, but the whole idea was fucking And what, they've got Pukey and Rapto, yeah, yeah. This. Like, this, you can, like, firstly, like, you shouldn't sell like you shouldn't celebrate that, right? Like that's not like you haven't really accomplished anything. You've just pushed yourself really hard. But that's not like what's the task? Like if you puked and someone else coasted in a minute before you, like you know what I mean? That person that coasted in is much more prepared. They should be celebrated. That's the the task. The task is the task is always in like a game of rugby. The task isn't to work hard. The task is to win, or the task is whatever it is. You know. It's why because he's just completing the task. He's not working fucking hard, is he? It's the win. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and so, like, I mean, if you look at all of the people that I love using Matt Fraser as an example because he was so dominant, throwing two to an extent. I'm not sure about the new Malik guy. I, I, I'm just not clued up on him. But he's in the league, and they just look so calm, right? And it's yeah. not because you know maybe they are pushing themselves, but they're just develop themselves on that much of a high level that everything looks easy. That's what you should be celebrating. Not pushing yourself so hard that you, you look like a, a cat screeching every time you deadlift or, you know, what, you know you, you're pushing with the, the, a sled with the most ugliest form in the world or whatever CrossFit meme you want to find, right? That's not, like, you're not developing anything there and you're not achieving anything there. Like, it's already, sorry. That, so that would be something that I definitely think CrossFit needs. Well, you know, rugby players from a lens of CrossFit should be, really wary of because it's also the same thing in rugby right like you, you, you know the amount of times that we would do back in the day like you know if you've got an old school shitty coach you do coat hangers so you'd start at the halfway line you go yeah. through the one post you go to the other and they would never they would never tell you how many that you've got to do so you couldn't pace yourself and you would do them for no reason just because you lost the game and that's time when you know if we're talking about utilizing your time efficiently enough by yourself that's like you know if you've got 90 minutes on a tuesday 90 minutes on a thursday like you want to be spending that time being as technical as you fucking can and developing all of that stuff whereas doing co-hangers is just a it's just a waste a waste finally exercises punishments fucking stupid yeah 100 percent. i mean in general this could be a whole other podcast, but I'm just not a fan now anymore of, of using rugby time as fitness time. Because if you're doing fitness, like it's going to come anyway. Making it slightly more intense gives you maybe a slight extra lactic fitness benefit, but it gives you none of the skill benefit that, or, or technical benefit or tactical benefit that you would have done having practiced rugby. And it gives you a shit ton more fatigue, which means that the next few days, you'll, it, it becomes that much harder to make extra improvements. And it, like, yeah, man. it just doesn't make sense. And we need to be, we need to get away from it. Yep. Totally agree. Most learning and fatigue, really difficult. Is that another thing that we, is that lead on yourself onto another thing that we can improve across? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that didn't really occur to me before, but I mean, just covered it. Honestly, learning new skills when you're tired is, is almost impossible. Right, yeah. when we look at our most learning hierarchy, we want to go from like uh, low fatigue, low load, low speed, all the way to like high fatigue, high load, high speed. But to get there, there's like seven or eight steps you first. Yeah. Yeah, don't be, don't be doing skill work being fucked. That would be something actually that I would say 
in general, CrossFit does better than rugby though. So hear me out. So like in CrossFit, you, you know, if you go to your first start, a lot of gyms will, you know, you can't just show up and go, oh, I'll do CrossFit. And they go, okay, here's, here's your ward. Like, no, you, you'll have to go to like a four week on ramp to understand the methodologies and, and pray to the altar of whoever's in charge now, because it's not classmen. So it's anyways, you, you know, you do the different, you learn the fundamental movement. So if you don't know how to power clean, I think they teach you like a, whatever it is regression, right? And you do those things and you, and you, you, I mean, they can do it so much better, obviously, hence all of the memes. But you learn a degree of technicality before you do any wads, you know, for, for most of this stuff. Now, you know, whether you then should at any point just transition into doing four wads a week is a completely different, or four Metcons a week is a different conversation. But they do a good job of teaching you the basic skills before putting you in a high intensity. Rugby, and then even, like, as part of the warm-up, they do good a good amount of skill work, I think. Yeah. And, you know, then they, then eventually at the end you'll do, you, you do your Metcon. In rugby, I think too often those skills that you've learned once are sort of taken for granted and we go far too often straight into small-sided games or we go straight into, yeah, small-sided games or full games or team runs and set-piece work and then that's it. And you don't get the time to really technically work on your left-handed pass or your, I don't know, your chasing tackle or your carrying ability, you know, from a pass on the left. Like, I think this is something that people will need to understand is you should constantly be working at your skills as a rug player. It's difficult because there are so many fucking skills, but that means you need to put more time into them at a low level, you know, before training, like, because you can't take the responsibility if you know, your coach can't just take the full responsibility to do all of your skills. Like, line up lifting, just just practice just lifting and getting that coordination down. Then, when it comes to working on your set piece, you've got that skill down and it becomes that much easier. Rugby doesn't do a very good job of differentiating when it's skill practice, when it's technical practice versus when it's, like, game time practice. Probably ruck is is probably even the biggest one, right? You get to a ruck and you just, you, you're taught, maybe you're taught if you're new, or you're a kid, you're taught a couple of times. Then it just goes, okay, you're going to hit this fucking bag as hard as you can, or you're going to hit, you know, and, and what we're doing, are we working the technicality of how to ruck? In which case, this is way too high intensity to do that. And what else are we working on if that's not what we're working on? You know? Yeah, man. I, I totally agree. That's one of the biggest issues I had rugby is I didn't have any basic skills because I didn't start from basic. What do I see? Like, no, no one, no one fucking tells you what to do. hundred percent. That's why you're a winger. Yeah. Not a prop. That's why. That, I mean, that's it though. Like a hundred percent. That makes, that makes so much sense. Is there anything, but is there anything else that you think cross the rugby players or is there anything else that CrossFit does well that rugby players can also learn from or rugby as a sport can learn from? Cause it's obviously it's a new sport. There must be. I mean, yeah. Like Intensity when it's required, I think they do quite well as well. Like I know it's kind of the same, it's like the upside of the coin. Like when, when it's time for intensity, they're pretty good at bringing it. Yeah. And encouraging each other to do it as well. Yeah. Yes. I think like, I think as, as much as we're like bagging on the intensity, like element, like there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, definitely. So I think, and, 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 like, and I think often like it's also both. And both parties could be guilty of this, but I do think rugby is guilty of it, is that like you're almost expected to be intense for all of Tuesday, all of Thursday, 
the whole game on on you know the whole game on Saturday, like including run into the coach at halftime, including run into the scrum to get ready for that. Like, oh yeah, you know what I mean. You're expected to to perform at such a high intensity that it's just not possible. And in fact, like all the best players, like the play, you know, you could see any. It's, it's so you see it so often. The players that look like they're getting everywhere is not because they're the fittest player. Like Tom Curry sometimes looks like there's two of him, and that's not just because he's got a twin brother. <laughs> Actually, it's just because he's got a twin brother. Oh well, I was going to make it. No, when he's playing for England, right? Like he hit, he make he's so effective at the breakdowns, but that's not because he goes to every breakdown and tries as hard as he can, and eventually get he, he comes out good. It's because he chooses when to get involved at the right time. And I think if you can learn that skill, probably by just being fitter in general, right? By by being aerobically more sound, you can analyze everything much better. You know when that intensity needs to come, and it's the same thing, I guess, with CrossFit, right? If you're if you know what's expected of you for a given session or for a given Metcon, you know when you really need to push and maybe when you know you need to go unbroken for X amount of sets versus when you can take it steady. Yeah, dude, pacing's huge. Like, people don't know about pacing. It's the same thing, right? It was just why it's not hanging every rock, it's just pacing. Your, like, 100%. Your yeah. Um, yeah, it's huge. Pacing's huge. Okay. So in general, like, I think... Do you do you like CrossFit? I like it as a sport. I think it's quite interesting. As far as like barbell sports go, like it's probably up there with more interesting ones. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like it as a training modality. But I like it as a, as a like a well, but it's but but you're, when you're saying as a training modality, you're saying that as as Metcons being the training modality. But yeah, traditional CrossFit, I guess, is what I'm talking about. Where you just go and beat yourself. Uh, don't worry about anything else. Basically, all the bad things that we've said today, like that, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Because that's the thing, right? It's it's like, what I really appreciate about it is the idea that you're trying to be prepared in all things. You're trying to be really be a complete athlete across the, broad, across the board. It was the same thing that makes me think rugby's the fucking coolest sport in the world because you've got to do so many not just different things, but opposing things like that, that not, you know, you're not just having to be someone that can, can prop and scrummage against someone. And then you also have to run like those are two complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So not, not only does one, like not only do those goals not align, they almost detract away from each other. Yet you still got to do that on a, on a regular basis for rugby and same thing for CrossFit. And, just the issue is, right, how do you go about solving that? It's not by doing everything at once. And that's the problem that rugby players run into. It's the problem that CrossFit athletes run into if they're not well-educated. It's not, you know, you and because of the demands are so vast, like you need to have a plan. And the longer that plan or the longer term you set that plan, the more room you have to really develop like the qualities that you need. And the higher eventually your ceiling is going to be, right? But I do think it's cool. I, you know, and then as a sport, what they've tried to do really well is like really define what fitness is. The problem is, is that it's definitely not, you know, well, yeah. not, not necessarily what fitness is, but they've really tried to, you know, get objective measures out there. The problem is, is that, you know, 
I don't know where all of these Olympic lifts came from because I think if anything, they're just a big barrier to entry to stop a you know, someone that's random, you know, some random villager that lives in Papua New Guinea that just happens to be really fit, really jacked, really strong and everything. Like they have to go to CrossFit for, for two years to learn all of these skills. Yeah. You know, so that's what Hyrox is trying to do, right? Hyrox is trying to get low barrier entry kind of deal with that. Yeah. 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 A lot less. But even then, there's like, you know, if you're a small, it's the reality is, right? They're trying to accomplish the impossible because you, you just, you cannot have a uniform objective of what fitness is because the body is capable of doing so much. Which then shows why rugby is such a great sport, right? Because there is not just one way to win the game. Like, if you want to beat your opponent, you can fucking run straight over them, or you can run around them, or you can tactically prepare your team better, and there's all of these different ways. Within a team, you can have all these different players and these different tactics. So, like, eventually, you've just got to figure out what getting fitter means to you, and it's going to mean something on, as a rugby player, probably as a human it's probably going to mean developing both ends of those spectrums getting them bigger getting them higher getting them wider spending as little time in the middle as you need to but when it's needed to know that you need to go there and know what's required of you boom sweet mate anything else that you want to talk to about crossfit no i think that's a pretty good point mate i think you know i want you to Tell everyone that you hate CrossFit, that you hated your two years that you spent there, right? Because you 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 hope to go in there and just turn it into a powerlifting gym, and you're unsuccessful. Uh, I mean, I made powerlifting the most popular option. All right, <laughs> so. oh, mate, cool. You've changed your handle recently, so I want to make sure that if people want to follow you and follow your ramblings about data when it comes to training, <laughs> they know they know where to follow you. So I did a um, I did a presentation for USA Powerlifting last week. It was about data analysis, collecting metrics. I literally made a graph about how often I make graphs for Instagram. <laughs> yeah, mate, infographics and info and mate, they are unironically very popular. People love to make infographics yeah. on the infographics, particularly when we're talking about like how infographics are really important for social media and that stuff. Yeah, handy. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, so coach underscore Alex underscore. I'll put it in the links below, mate. Sweet. Good, man. That was a really good episode. I enjoyed chatting. Sweet. Well, me too. All right. Hey there, it's TJ once again. Thank you for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm just here one more time. I know you thought you were rid of me, but I've got something pretty cool that I want to send your way. I've tried to condense all the most important things that you need to make progress, the training, the mindset, the nutrition, everything you hear in these podcasts and more presented in a free two-week program called Rugby Muscle Kickoff. Through Kickoff, you'll have access to two weeks of emails delivered directly to your inbox, two weeks of videos, education, and interaction, and access to tools, strategies, tactics previously reserved only for paying clients. To join, simply click the link in the description of this podcast, the one that says kickoff, or if you want to go old school and type it out, then crack on, access it at rugby-muscle.com forward slash kickoff, all one word. Cheers for listening to the podcast. See you guys next time.